2: We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Pharrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. So, Pharrell on a bench on a pain-free Friday. Mavia's with me. So, Mavia, you know, I uh, I think earlier in the week I made fun of uh, not trying to be mean or anything. I just made fun of the, you know, the father-son trip thing. Do you remember when I told you the story? I do,
3: yes. The, the Phillies The Phillies was a Diamondback, so your son's going too?
2: Yes. Well, so it turns out, because I, you know, I got a lot of heat for— You know just even so what happened was is that like my son came to the dinner table and he knows me and so does 34c and so does chopper and they all know that i'm a you know basically uh that i you know i play basketball right that's it that's what i do um i just don't care about like i you know i I go golfing once in a while once in a blue moon And I can, I can hit the hell out of a golf ball, but I don't, I just don't care. I just don't care about it. I just, I think it sucks. And I just think it's a pain in the ass. I think it's expensive. I think it's long. I think it's, you know, just, you're just sitting there for five hours or whatever, like with somebody, you know, golfing and spraying shots all over the place. You're either scoring or you're not, if you're not scoring, I find it uh, unappealing like when I used to be a six and I lived in California, I played six days a week and I was a great golfer. I loved it. When I'm a 15 in New York and I never play, I don't like it. So they know me and they know that I just play basketball. So tomorrow and Sunday, I play basketball for six hours. That's it. That's what I do. I get up tomorrow and I play ball and, and I fill it up and i've gotten exceedingly better over the years playing and i'm like lighting it up now like i never have in my life i've become like the primary scorer now over there uh there's a few guys that can play with me and score with me and mafia the all the great players that were there when you were there they're, they're all gone so uh i've gotten way better and i just work so hard at my game that i just you know i can light it up and score on anybody. I enjoy it. I like playing. I like going to the hole. I like filling it up. I like finishing. I like winning. I like playing. I like feeding dudes. I like playing with good players and winning. And um, I just don't like doing other things. You know that if that makes me a D, then so be it. So what it's given me is um, this image of, I'm, I'm just not a good father. I get all that. I get, I get all this. you know, you're just a horrible father because all you do is play basketball. Meanwhile, I play basketball with my son. You know, he plays with me. <laughs> he plays now every, every day with me. So he's there every Saturday and Sunday playing. And he's a great player. No one can stop him either. He's a great player. Like, he, he would blow your mind, Mafia. You haven't seen him play in a while. And, I mean, he will blow your mind because you missed the boat, bro. The boat's way out to sea, man. It's in Shanghai now The boat. Because it's, it sailed from you a long time ago, since COVID, right? So he's pl- been playing with grown men and brothers and everything else for two years since he, you've seen him. And he's just a badass now playing. And no one can guard him. No one can stop him. And so we're at dinner the other night. And they're like, she's like, you're just a horrible father. You're the only father that's not going.
0: Every single father is going with their son on this trip. All you ever do is play that damn basketball,
2: horrible father. I'm going to shut you down sexually. There'll be no nookie until you change your ways. Oh, I I listened to all this and then my son's laughing because he's like, I know you're not going. I know you're not going. I know you don't want everything to do with these people. We welcome in our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map Radio in H-Town, Sports Byline in the city by the bay, Armed Forces Radio. It's Pharrell on a bench on a pain-free Friday. Good to have you with us. It's Pharrell and Mafia. So anyway, they're giving me the business. I'm a horrible father. Everyone's going but me. I hate you forever. I'm never going to do you again. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just such a horrible person. I just took them to uh, surfing in California and lived in a mansion on the beach for nine days. That only cost me 20 large. And I'm like, oh. as they're all sitting in first class flying to California, back, drinking, drinking wine, smoking fatties. They're all living large, eating in $500 restaurants every night. I mean, I'm such a horrible person, Mafia, as you know. Uh, Of all people, Mafia, you know how horrible of a person I am. I'm just such a creep, a negative creep. I'm a negative creep. I'm a negative creep. (laughs) And uh, I got to tell you the rest of the story because you won't even believe it. This is Pharrell on a Bench.
3: You don't have to listen to sports grid you can always go downtown hey babe, you wanna go out? scour the sidewalks find a penny and pick it up or you can get the winning edge right here and you won't get told me this is the sports grid radio network
2: all right we're all on a bench so anyway what happened was uh it gave me all this grief and I'm just this horrible father and horrible person. And um, so I took that and ran with, I was like, you know, because I'm really good at, at being, um, you know, difficult. And I said, uh, I don't care what you think. I was just like, that's great. it's just think whatever you want about me. I'm, I'm just this horrible person. That's fine. Run with it. Go ahead. So then uh, that was the end, and I left, and dinner was over, and (laughs) my son was laughing because he's like, he knew I wouldn't do it. And then uh, so then she started giving me the business like a a day later, like, you got to call the guy and tell him that you're not going. You have to respond. What are you going to say to him? I mean, you got to respond to him. She said, "I got an idea. You need to call this other guy and ask him if he'll bring Gunner with and be his father. <laughs> so you want some other guy to, to be me?" She goes, "No, because you're a horrible father. I want him to be the father." I go, "Do you want to sleep with him too?" I go, "Why'd you go? Why'd you go sleep with him and see how that works? Because you know if you're if you're not going to sleep with me anymore over it, then what's the difference?" Cause I, you know, look, I'm not crying over here. And, uh, she's like, you're just such a D you ass hat. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll text the guy. So then I thought to myself and I'm like walking the dog and I'm thinking, Oh God, that just the painfulness of it all, just the, the grief I've gotten and the, the stress and pressure and just the hatred and vile, despicable, I'm human being. I'm less than human. Uh, so I, I called the one guy up. I said, listen, I'm really busy. And I said, uh, you know, come Saturday, bro. I'm like balling. I don't even know anything about like going on some overnight thing with a bunch of kids. I just don't. That's not my thing. And uh, he's like, don't worry about it, dude. I got him he can go with us he's best friends with the guy's kid and i was like aren't they like best friends anyway can't can't you just like you know bring him home or something or take him and you know chill out with him and then bring him home because the kids once the kids hang out they don't hang out with the dads all the dads sit around getting drunk right so i'm like can't just bring him home you know, whatever. No big deal, right? He's like, dude, I got you. He goes, I'm going to the, I'm going to the dead show, and then I'll, I'm going to drive down to Philly, and then I'll, I'll bring him home. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Thanks, dude. Later. So then I'm walking around a little bit more, and I think to myself, uh, you know, I got, a, I got a buddy that goes to the games that's a sharp. He's like a heavy. <laughs> He's a massive gambler, this dude and uh mafia knows who i'm talking about and he's i mean this dude he bets more money than god and all i know is he sits there all night betting and he's got like 15 to 20 phones going betting right in in the state of pennsylvania and he's like you know he's there on business but he rolls down there in a $200,000 car he gets big fat ass sweets in the borgata because he's a heavy and uh, I thought to myself, you know what? If I, if I call him up, I could actually make this more appealing for me because I'm a selfish negative creep. And, I, you know, I can go hang out with him. And he sits right behind home plate. I mean, he doesn't have any of this sitting down in the upper deck in the third baseline, you know, with the, with the whole group of people at a discounted ticket price. <laughs> I don't have any of that. I mean, you know how I roll. If I'm gonna go, I'm going large, or I'm not going. And so I called him up. I'm like, "Yo, hey. I said, are you going to Philly next Saturday?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm going Saturday." Sunday. I go, "You got that? <laughs> you got that big suite?" God, he goes, "Yeah, I got it." I said, uh, "You want to play ball Saturday, and and uh, I'll go with you. And just get me a, a seat with you behind home plate." He goes, "Yeah, man, no problem." And I was like, you want to drive (laughs) in your $200,000 Mercedes?" He goes, yeah, man, no problem. I said, do you you need anything for me? He goes, yeah, you know. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I got you. Let's go. So uh, I called the other guy up and I said, uh, the guy running the whole thing, I said, listen, just get a ticket for Gunner. I'll meet you there. I'll see you guys at the stadium. He goes, are you going to stay over? I go, yeah. I go, I'm staying over. He goes, great. I go, I didn't say where I was staying. <laughs> I'm staying over. Mavia, I ended up uh, cutting a deal to go with the right people. Does that make me a horrible person? Yes. I'm not actually going with the group, but I will be in the same place as the group. And I'll be willing to uh, be friendly and hang out with all of them for a few minutes until I go to <laughs> the seat popcorn seat right stand home before home you hit it. your seats. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll buy Gunner an ice cream and then maybe his friends, I'll get, maybe I'll buy all the dads a beer. You know, I'm not cheap. So I'll buy everybody a beer and I'll buy my kids some ice cream. I'll get some ice cream and then I'll go sit in the, you know, $500 seat behind home plate. And then uh, when the game's over, I'll go to the Borgata and gamble. <laughs> <laughs> and look at prostitutes. <laughs>
3: So he's gonna probably be like, "Hey, tell my wife I hung out with you. All right, see you later."
2: Yeah, I said, "Listen, man, no problem. I'm the, you know, going father-son trip." I said, "Let's go." I tell Gunner, I go, "Hey, Gunner, you want to go to the casino? You want to go? You want to go hang out with your old man at the casino? I'll teach you about hookers and blackjack, free free bet blackjack." got to work on your makeup. So you're 21, but I think we can do it. I think that was just a fantastic way to get to, you know, be a part of all the kids lives. You know what I mean? Uh, mafia just, once again, I've, I've beaten the odds. They, they, they called me all kinds of names. I'm a horrible person. I'm a deviant and I'm, I'm a felon. I'm, I'm a just terrible father bad lover, everything else. And that, you know, I'm just, just, I'm a, I'm reckless, but I've shunned all those labels. I've shunned all those images. I've shunned all those, those descriptions and just the taunting that I get from my wife, 34C, giving me the business. And then I've shed that skin and I'm going on the trip after all next Saturday. I'll be going down to Philadelphia to live large with a massive gambling addict and his many millions of dollars. He parties like a rock star, too. I mean, just lives fat and filthy large, spends tons of money, eats the finest restaurants, stays in big giant suites that are comped because he's got a massive you know, line of credit there and he just bets his ass off. The guy bets a half a million every month in this place. We're going down large like we're Elvis. Father-son trip.
3: And how much you paying your son to give you a glowing review to your wife when he gets back?
2: Who cares what she thinks at this point? I'm gone. She'll probably have like three lovers over to the house. The minute I leave, she'll be probably rocking it with dudes. Who knows? The whole thing's sketchy. You can't trust these chicks. They're always up to something. And then I'm just a a wonderful human being. By the way, uh, Washington won 17-13 over the Bengals. I hit Washington to win, and the Bengals plus five and a half with the double. Coming! Mafia, I'm four zero tonight in the NFL preseason games that don't matter unless you got a betting problem like I do on the grid. Check out.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.
3: it's more than just odds it's more than just matchups and lineups it's everything all of it blending together to give you the complete picture and
2: you'll only get it right
3: here on the home of the winning edge this is the sports grid
2: radio network such a badass he just absolutely is a monster in the block i just want to feel my burger finger you're so money and you don't even know it says I'm not getting dad of the year, but he did like my style in setting up the father-son trip so that I can live large, sit behind home plate in $500 seats, stay in a big-ass suite at the Borgata, gamble all night till the sun comes up, and hit on hookers. That is just a fantastic father-son weekend where my kids will all be in the cheap seats uh, with their loser friends. <laughs> and I'm over there partying and driving in a $200,000 Mercedes to the game for two hours from New York City and pimping in a two-story suite at the Porgata. <laughs> Mafia said I'm he's sending in my uh, credentials for man of the year. I don't think I'll win, though. But Fishwell, Brian Fisher to Fish is back. The fish that saved Pittsburgh from Athlon Sports is back on the bench in the biggest way possible. How you doing, Fish?
5: I'm doing fantastic.
2: Good to be on with you again. My oh, man. All right. So let's start with this. I want to get your reaction to the ACC and the Big Ten, Pac-12, Alliance, whatever they want to call it. That's fine with me. After, I mean, let's face facts. Oklahoma and Texas screwed the Big 12 and ran off to the SEC, and that just set the entire world on fire from here to California. I mean, you can't even get out of the way of the Santa Ana wins. The changes are a-blowing in college football. What's your reaction to what's going to be announced next week that they're all lovers now?
5: Yeah, I think the, the details are, are certainly a little bit light at this point, and and this is still early in the process. You know, I think that that's important to keep in mind. Obviously, we're we're all still kind of reacting these last couple of weeks to to what happened with Oklahoma and Texas, and and frankly, there's just a lot of new faces involved. There's a lot of new athletic directors out there, a lot of new presidents, and uh, even some new commissioners. I mean, uh, you know, George Klavakoff is, is six weeks on the job. You know, in, in the Pac-12, and you know, he's really just kind of getting to know uh, his, his conference commissioner peers. But I, I think there is. A general sense that uh, they, they needed to do something to kind of counter counterweight uh, what's been building in the SEC and just the power that you know Greg Sankey has amassed, both um, you know in, inside that NCA structure and and outside of it, uh, you know grabbing all these big brands, certainly uh, the prestige that uh, he, he's had in terms of leading the, the college football playoff expansion uh, discussion. So I think this is really just kind of a, a way for a lot of these conferences to kind of get together, see what kind of common ground they have, and and see where they can kind of move forward as as, as a voting block. You know, this is. 40-plus schools of uh, of some big hitters. And uh, they, they can make some some pretty uh, big decisions if they want to kind of go out alone uh, regardless of what the SEC schools want to do or regardless of what some of the other, other schools around the country want to do as well.
2: Do you think that it uh, stripped the uh, Big 12 naked? I mean – I mean, are they not left holding the dirty laundry? I mean, it's amazing to me what's happened to that conference over the years, the, from the Big 8 to the Big 12 to the, the Nebraskas of this world leaving for the Big 10, which I've never been comfortable with. What do you think happens to that conference other than they got kicked right in the onions?
5: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, seeing the Big 12, you know, as as uh, somebody who grew up in, in Big 12 country, you know, back in the, even the, the Big 8 in the Southwest Conference days, it, it's been amazing to kind of see the, the leagues up and downs, And uh, I think it's just a real realization of, of how much Oklahoma and Texas really did mean to that conference. Um, and, and not just in terms of the big brands, but uh, in terms of just holding the, the league itself together. You know, as, as, as the true leaders, um, you know, in, in the Big 12. And uh, you know, I, I think the the schools that are left over, they are certainly not going to be you know one of those quote unquote power conferences anymore. I think that is uh, you know virtually assured. They're they're not going to get the payouts that they're used to uh, from the college football playoff anymore. Um, you know, when once Oklahoma and Texas goes away and and uh, the CFP expands, you know, they're they're not going to get um, you know necessarily a voting you a choice i think in in, in terms of nca matters um you know they, they are still kind of grandfathered in uh, with a few of the rules out there but i think the at the end of the day um these are still you know really eight schools that are kind of discovering that uh, their value on on the open market isn't a whole lot uh, certainly not from a, a college football perspective because um you know whether you're the, the pac-12 the, the big ten i know there's always the expansion talk and, and maybe they, they want to grab these leftovers. but uh, i think pretty pretty far and wide the, the consensus has, has come around from uh, especially their media partners is is they they don't bring a whole lot of value to, to conferences like the Big 10 uh, or the Pac 12 you know adding an Oklahoma state and a TCU a Texas Tech something like that it sounds nice in theory to where you can kind of break into a market like Texas but um you know everybody has the, the detailed numbers on on just how much value these schools are are bringing and uh frankly it's it's just not enough to, to really uh, increase the value of these media rights deals, and, and that's leaving the Big 12 behind, and uh, they they find themselves certainly in a tricky spot. I, I think that the league itself could still, you know, s- certainly exist, the, you know, going forward, and maybe they grab some AAC schools and and make a go of it. But uh, the the Big 12 as currently constructed, um, we're we're about to see its last hurrah these next uh, year or two, or uh, before Oklahoma and Texas eventually make that move to the SEC.
2: So how dirty uh, do you think it was when they were having, I mean, frankly, these secret meetings, you know, they were, you know, doing it all uh, behind closed doors and in, you know, quiet places hiding and secretive and, you know, Oklahoma and Texas with the SEC to get out of the big 12. I mean, they knew they were screwing them. Can you imagine how, I mean, frankly, how dirty it was.
5: Yeah, I think that that's been the especially the initial reaction after you kind of get over the the shock of of Oklahoma and Texas, you know, departing for the SEC is is just how much you know really Greg Sankey kind of stabbed Bob Bowlesby in the back, and and how much you know really the the reputations of of some of the folks at OU at, at Texas, you know, that really. Had some, some, you know, were held in pretty high esteem. You know, I think there was a, a lot of folks out there that, uh, like Christelle Cane, the, the Texas athletic director. Uh, Joe Castiglione, the AD at, at Oklahoma, one of the most widely respected ADs uh, in the country, has, has an entire, you know, really AD tree of folks that have worked under him. Um, really well respected in in Big Twelve circles, kind of before this ended up happening, and um, you know their reputations have taken a hit. You know, I, I think it's not only in, in the Big Twelve, but uh, I think nationally. You know, just people reacting to, you know, how, how could you keep a, keep this a secret? How could you, you know, go to go to meetings, learn privilege and information on things like media rights, and then uh, you turn around and and you hightail it to the SEC. That. That has really, I think, shocked a lot of folks out there, and you know that—that's you know reputation. Yeah, you can kind of get it back, but I think everybody in the in the back of their minds is um, it's going to leave a lasting impression and a bad taste in their mouth. Uh, certainly, these next couple of years as they end up playing the the Sooners and Longhorns on the field.
2: Do you think that uh, that the SEC will change? Brian Fisher from Athlon with us. Uh, that like, because I mean, I. I Most people would disagree with me, but, you know, and they'll argue with me and they'll get all crazy if I say it, but let's face facts. Uh, You know, when you look at it from the perspective of who's good, the haves and have nots in the, in the sec, right. You know, Alabama, right. LSU, A&M, Georgia, I guess, Florida I'll throw in there. But are you willing to sit here and tell me that, and maybe Auburn, are you willing to tell me that any of those other schools in that conference, I mean, in reality, aren't hacks? I mean, they are hacks. All the rest of those teams are awful. Do you think at some point, and I mean it, they're awful. I think that at some point the SEC wants to squeeze them out and put in Oklahoma and Texas and make it just the haves and no more have-nots.
5: I, I have a hard time, you know, seeing seeing that ultimately being the kind of play. You know, I, I know there's been a lot of talk, uh, especially in the last year or so, of the whole Super League concept and and uh, you know teams getting the boot. But, but I, I think that's that's going to be hard to to stomach for for a lot of folks, mostly because you know the, the people making these decisions are are the college presidents. You know, they, they are ultimately the ones driving the bus, and uh, you know they've they've gotten to know a lot of folks. You know, at other schools. You know, there there is a bit of a closeness, certainly from an academic standpoint. Um, in, in a lot of these schools, you know, to where you are uh, partnering with Georgia on, on research and things. So I think there's there's larger things at, at, uh, at play um, in, in the SEC in particular that, uh, you know, will we'll keep the league together. And, you know, yeah, from a, a competitive standpoint, yeah, I, I think there are definitely some – some coaches and and some athletic directors out there looking a little bit skeptical saying, you know, yeah, we're going to end up going to nine or 10 conference games. We're going to be playing tougher opponents, uh, not just uh, playing Oklahoma and and, and Texas, you know, and on that league schedule, but we're probably going to end up playing the the Georgias and and, and the Floridas of the world uh, a little bit more often than than we have. That's great for, you know, visiting, visiting tickets uh, and and selling those uh, to your stadium. But I think the day." Um, if you're facing you know sustain you know five and seven type seasons uh is it really going to be worth it to kind of cash that check and and i think that's really uh, ultimately what uh, a lot of folks are are kind of kind of wringing their head, he- hands around and and trying to get a grasp of is is the fact that yeah it, for, for those have nots for those those uh non blue bloods in the in the s e c in particular going forward um you' you're, you're going to be making a ton of money there, there's no doubt about that, but at the end of the day. On the field, um, you know, is, is it really going to make up for it? Is that check really going to make up for the fact that um, you're you're going um, to struggle c- to kind of get your head and, and uh, try to uh, get your brand out there to where you can not only win football games but uh, you know ha- have some good seasons and, and string them along? And I think that's the the million dollar question for a lot of those uh, you know schools that, that have not won the, the SEC or are not competing at the highest level. Um, you know, the, the the check is nice, but at the end of the time, end of the day, uh, you still got to win some football games. That that's ultimately what's uh, getting it's people hired and fired. And uh, I think we're, we're about to get on, on a bit of a hamster wheel with some of those programs trying to break into that upper echelon and, uh, and, and probably struggle because it's, uh, it's a stacked deck.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargocom activecash.
1: Ah The sweet sound of sports you love from sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with
4: sling sling hello america it's ted from consumer cellular the guy in the orange sweater and this is your wake-up call
3: listen to sports grid you can always go to a horse stable find one with shoes pry one off and hang it over your door or you can get the winning edge right here and you won't take a hoof to the end (laughs) this is the sports grid radio network you're listening to pharrell on the bench with scott pharrell on sports grid radio sirius xm channel 204
2: So Alabama uh, is number one again, obviously. They lost a lot. And, you know, here they go again, getting all the love. They open with Miami, but then Mercer, they also play Southern Miss and they play New Mexico State. So uh, you got those three candies, but the rest of it, um, you know, is a normal SEC tough run. Do you think that it's the same story again where they purge that many players to the NFL and that he's gonna come right back stockpiled, locked, and loaded, and play for another national championship, or for once in a lifetime, can we see anyone beat them and knock them off their perch? Aren't you getting a little sick and tired of it uh, after I mean, I know I am after fifty six years of it in a row. I mean, i it's just So painful to me that there's five or six teams in college football that, I mean, literally, actually about three of them matter, but there's about six good teams. I know you sit there and tell me there's all these other good teams, and there just aren't, Brian. There's six great teams, and everybody else sucks, and that's what's wrong with college football, and you know it. We see the same teams play every year for all the marbles and nobody else matters. The only reason they have all those other schools, hundreds of them is frankly for betters. I mean, it's great for betting, but it's, they, none of them have a chance to win anything.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the elite teams in, in college football really do re-entrench their position every year. I mean, just, just going and looking on those top 24-7 and, and rivals rankings, I mean, every year, it's, it's the same folks. And it's the same head coaches uh, that, that are in the college football playoff, I think. If if anything, though, this would definitely be one of those years where you can maybe pick off Alabama. Uh, I think uh, I, I know everybody talks about you know the, the quarterback and, and replacing a, a first rounder like Mac Jones and, and all those first round talents like Devonta Smith and and Jalen Waddle. Uh, obviously, you got the changeover in terms of the coordinator with with uh, Steve Sarkeesian out the door. But I, I think Bryce Young is, is going to be very, a very capable quarterback. They're they're going to change the offense, tweak it, and, and I think you you go back when Bill O'Brien uh, was at Penn State. He, he did a really good job in terms of um, winning football games with with not a lot of talent. Now he's going to have more talent than he really ever has been. I know his time in the NFL definitely gets a, a little solely, solely to his reputation a bit, but um, in terms of the, the, the college game and, and fitting within that Alabama structure, I, I think they'll be fine. Now the question is, I, I think the gap between them and – Certainly Georgia certainly Texas A&M to, to an extent if they can find a quarterback um, but you know kind of the rest of the SEC West is, is going to be very strong this year and you know if, if you're ever going to pick off Alabama uh, given how much they've they've had to reload this year uh, that they've lost to the NFL this is going to be one of the years but uh, again they're they're one of the elite programs in college football because they have so much depth I mean they're, they're able to go out in the transfer portal and and get Henry Toto Toto uh, from Tennessee, who's going to be a plug and play starter right there and and add to one of the better linebacking cores, not only in the SEC, but in in the country. And and that's just the fact of the matter of what Nick Saban has built down there in Tuscaloosa. And, and and it's the same, uh, you know, up in Columbus at Ohio state, Uh, certainly you you have Georgia, you have there, you know, you have Oklahoma. Uh, I think the trendy pick, it's all the usual suspects uh, again this year. And I, I don't see that changing in 2021.
2: Wow, you know, like uh, you talked about AM, can they find a quarterback? A lot of people don't believe in them. And Jimbo Fisher talks a big game about they're going to beat Alabama and he ends up always getting his ass beat by Alabama. That has to drive him nuts. And frankly, they haven't found a quarterback. I mean, even when Mond was there, I don't look, I don't think he was bad. Uh, I'm not ever going to say the kid was bad, but uh, I really don't think he was, but I didn't think he was good. <laughs> I thought he was average.
5: Yeah, I think uh, I think that would be a, a fair descriptor. Certainly, a veteran, you know, knew, knew that how to play within that offense. And I think that is maybe the more intriguing thing when when I look at the Aggies is is are they going to evolve? You know, really that offense. You know, I think this is very much a team that is kind of built to play ball control. You know, they, they've got two great running backs. The offensive line is good. Um, you know, they, they've really developed a, a lot of their wide receivers to where they they've got a really good mix of, of guys that can kind of get out there and, and, and run different routes, but um, are they going to be an explosive offense? Because that that's really what college football, especially in the last you know four or five years ha- has become, you know, can you get those big time explosive plays? You, you can't control the ball for 40 minutes anymore. You know, kind of lean on, lean on a good defense. You know, you have to put up points, uh, in, a, in a hurry and and that's the big question I think when it comes to Jimbo Fisher is with this quarterback change um, you know you certainly respect him for, for sticking with this guy in Kellen Mond but but whether it's Haynes King or, or Zach Calzada can you get that guy at quarterback that can make those big-time plays that can get you over the hump and, and beat an Alabama much less hold off an, an NLSU or an old Miss or whoever they're going to end up playing this year so uh, to me, that, that's the big question around Texas A&M. They've they've stacked the recruiting classes. They they've got the depth right there. They've got some terrific playmakers, but can they get the offense to a place where uh, you know they're hitting those big time plays over the top and 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 stopping them on the other end defensively? That that's going to be uh, you know Jimbo's challenge this year. I know he's confident in in his team. I know he thinks he can can pick off Alabama, but uh, it's going to be a battle. And I think no matter what, uh, given that how tough that SEC West is uh, on paper this year.
2: Do you think that uh, the expectations in Ames at Iowa State and in Bloomington with Indiana, do you think that um, everybody's crazy that those teams are going to be as good as everybody thinks they're going to be? Like Indiana's at seven and a half wins or something in Vegas, and a lot of people, and I went to IU, they've never been good at football my whole life, but I mean, they had a really good season. I won't deny that. I thought they got a great call against Penn State on the Penix dive to the pylon. Uh, Otherwise, it wouldn't have been the same season. And then now uh, everybody thinks they're going to be this great team. Are you buying that they're that good and Iowa State's that good? Or do you think they were just that good because it was a COVID season when no one was playing?
5: I I would buy that a little bit in terms of, you know, Indiana just last year, everything went right. You know, and I think Tom Allen has, has done a great job just making the steps up. You know, making sure you're building that program the right way to where the depth is better. I think they are comfortable at quarterback, even if if Michael Penix were to get hurt like he did, you know, last year. They I think with the, the backup situation that they have uh, in Jack Tuttle, they're a little bit more comfortable. They they went into the transfer portal, landed uh, you know Stephen Carr at, at running back uh, from USC, uh, a little bit more of an explosive playmaker type. Um, you know, I think defensively, you know, they're pretty almost as solid as you, as you get in, in the Big Ten. And uh, I think that the program itself is very healthy. Now, whether they can kind of take advantage of everything like they did last year, um, you know, that, that's going to be tough. You know, just those, those type of seasons do not come along at places like Indiana uh, all, all that often. And, and so I think he's built the program to where they, this can be a consistent bowl team. But whether you're making that jump up into eight, nine wins uh, in, in that territory consistently, that's going to be tough, you know. I think that that is going to be a bit of a stretch for the Hoosiers now. For Iowa State, I think they are definitely well positioned. You get you got the quarterback, you have uh, you know All American running back in, in Bryce Hall. You know it just. Everything that you want to look for in in a team that uh, can can play those big time games, they they pushed Oklahoma to the brink in in that Big 12 title game uh, a year ago. They they've been comfortable beating you know the the Oklahomas and Texas of the world. So you know they they know what it takes. Um, you know in the, in that Big 12 play, and and I think Matt Campbell is, is just really a difference maker as a head coach. You know I think he's he's proven it uh, you know time and time again uh, whether he's at Toledo or you know now in Ames. Um, you know that, that he can get everybody to believe in that common goal and and move forward and, and they 've got the talent you know this is a team that uh, brings back just a, a ton of, of experience and and that 's going to matter over the course of what we expect to be a much more regular season and i think if if Brock Purdy can really take that next step and, and elevate uh, his quarterback play, not uh, you know really throw those those untimely turnovers uh, that we 've seen him uh, kind of have in in, in uh, his his early parts of his career. Um, you know, I, I think Iowa State is going to be right there, nipping at the heels of Oklahoma. I still think there's a gap between those two, uh, just because of the inherent advantages the Sooners have. But I think if Iowa State, if they're able to, they, they don't even need to beat Oklahoma twice. They just need to beat Oklahoma at the right time uh, to, to win the Big 12. I think they could firmly be in the in in the playoff mix. Um, you know, they are that good of a program right now. It, it's really the stars have a line for for the Hoosier, or for the uh, the Cyclones this year. Uh, up there in Ames, and, and uh, I would be very impressed of, uh, if they can ultimately get that get there and, and, and uh, get over the hump, but uh, this is a very good, I think, Iowa State football team for 2021.
2: Wow, look at your boy Fish tonight, Mafia, getting involved. Brian Fisher, Athlon Sports, fantastic college football session. I feel like we just played overtime after a long Big Ten battle, and then we went to overtime. We had it all going there, Fish. Thanks a lot, buddy. We'll catch up during the season as college football gets ready to kick off. We'll get you back on the bench and get you on coast to coast as well. Thanks a lot, buddy. Have a great weekend.
5: All right. appreciate that. Good to be on with you. All
2: right. Brian Fisher of Athlon Sports with us. I wanted to hit the uh, baseball scene uh, a little bit before we get out of here. Scores now and then take a look at the wild card standings because things are changing. Look, the Padres are losing to the Phillies right now. 3-2 3-2 at Petco in the bottom of the fifth. And they got a runner at first with one out. They need to win that game because the Reds already won tonight. The Giants trail the A's at the Ashtray in Oakland in the sixth, two to 2-1. The Rockies are kicking the Diamondbacks' ass, 9-4 to four at Coors, where they have just literally been dominant this year at home. But on the road, they're an atrocity. And the Dodgers are beating the Mets again. They beat them Thursday night. Beating them tonight. It's three to one. Bottom six at the ravine, and of course, the Mets have been melting in this thirteen gamer uh, that they're on with the you know uh, Giants and Dodgers and going west, then coming back east to play the Giants. It's been a disaster so far. They're going to be one in seven if they lose that game tonight. So uh, the Nationals beat the Brewers 4-1. Astros 12-3 over the Mariners. Reds 5-3 over the Marlins. The White Sox beat the Rays in a big game down in Tampa. Big series there, 11 innings. Uh, White Sox win it. Tigers 4-1 over the Jays. Orioles lose to the Braves 3-0. Freed got it done in the shutout. Royals today 6-2 over the Cubs at Wrigley. Pirates beat the Cardinals 4-0 at Bush. Red Sox and Sales 6-0 all over Texas. Hit that game as well. Yankees 10-2 over the Twins. They own the Twins. I'll tell you what the wild card standings look like. When we come back and wrap it up tonight on a bench. Guys, hey, my buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada. So if he hears you crystal clear. I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. <laughs> All right, so uh, tomorrow you got Pacquiao Ugas, you got UFC fight night and from the Apex, you got NFL preseason out the wazoo, you got baseball up and down. Go to PharrellOnABench.com for everything, and you'll be styling. Monty is UFC picks as well. So uh, just so we're clear, uh, a couple things. Tomorrow, if you're around, 1 o'clock, I'll be on Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM for a quick hit with Chris Plank. I'm doing that. Just a a real quick thing, nothing major. And then uh, I just wanted to give you these wildcard updates. The Yankees now a game and a half up on Oakland and Boston because – Uh, The A's are winning right now, and then uh, the Red Sox already won with Sale getting it done. Uh, The Yankees just keep kicking the Twins' ass. I mean, it's like easy money. And then uh, the Dodgers by 9.5 over the Padres, and the Padres' lead is down to a half game. Now, if they lose this game tonight, they're down 3-2 to the Phillies right now in the sixth. It's tied. The Reds have caught them. So the Padres are melting like a West Coast sunset. I mean, it is absolutely uh, a problem now in San Diego. This great team with Tatis and Machado and Hosmer and Myers and, uh, you know, Cronenworth. They have all these great pitchers, Darvish now, up and down, Musgrove, and they are blowing it. I mean, they are not getting it done. That's all there is to it. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday on Coast to Coast at 4E. Check out.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com active cash.